You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Welcome to Thank You for Your Servers, a show which looks at the tech news of today, but from a libertarian perspective. Now here are your hosts, Thaddeus and Gary. Thank you for logging in to Thank You for Your Servers. I am Thaddeus Preston, a.k.a. Nick Way. And joining me once again, my co-host, my brother from another mother, Gary Guthrie. How are we doing? We're doing fantastic. Getting ready for a hot, hot, hot weekend. Going to go up and uh, help my brother out with his new baby getting born. So, Oh, man, that is ugh, man, that is awesome. That is awesome. And, uh, yeah, you know, it has been hot out here out west. Um, not to geographically post uh, place ourselves, but, yeah, it's been it's been hot out west. Just probably about as hot as it's been back east. So, yeah, uh, man, so good luck with that. Hopefully you're... Your brother has a healthy baby. What are they having? Boy, girl? Male. It's a it's a little boy. He's going to be named after his daddy. So little Timmy. Little Timmy. So uh, happy, somewhat it'll happen soon. Birthday to little Timmy. Anyway, <laughs> and and congratulations to Tim and Heather. This is their first kid, and I'm I'm just I I can't wait to teach this kid to pull my finger. Oh yeah! Oh, that's right. You, you, yeah, the, yeah. Be the cool uncle, not the creepy one. All right. Damn right. Yep. <laughs> All right. So yeah, this is our podcast, man. Where we kind of rant eloquent about the tech news topics of the week from a liberty perspective. This and other wonderful podcasts are brought to you by the Make Liberty Great Again Network of Podcasts. So I don't know where we want to go, man. I think. The first topic I had in the show notes was kind of more of a kind of a victory lap. It was kind of a pat on the back out of boy for Microsoft. I'm going to go a little out of order, and I think we need to talk about at least the Equifax. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you 100%. So Equifax, uh, the Federal Trade Commission, and other state and federal regulators have agreed on what Equifax owes for penalties this is nearly two years after the company's massive data breach, a data breach that has been that was so epic um, that it has definitely changed the way businesses are now building out like their uh, critical infrastructure when it comes to um, maintaining, at the very least, the privacy and or security of sensitive data from customers. The co- the company is uh, asked to pay five hundred and seventy five million according to the terms of the settlement. At least $300 million of that is going to go uh, into a fund to pay for credit monitoring services for affected customers. Um, I guess they they, had, they were already doing that, like, before. But, like, I think this is just additional. I think they um, offered, uh, yeah, they offered a lot of that up as a good faith kind of uh, gesture. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if a gesture, but, I mean... They, I got to give them credit. You know, I deal with in the business that I'm in, I deal with the big three. I deal with Equifax. I deal with Experian. I deal with TransUnion. And what was really interesting to me when Equifax breach became public and everyone started knowing about this is Experian jumped on it and came down hard on a lot of their partners and a lot of their clients to basically push on them their own standards and said, okay, this is what you are going to comply with if you want to do business with us or communicate with us. So just from a, from a business standpoint, this was very interesting because Equi- I mean, I'm sorry, Experian has taken the Equifax breach and has seized an opportunity to kind of drive a lot of the security standards that are now getting put in place out in the market. It's it's a very interesting thing. Yeah. And it's a market driven solution to the problem of this, this, this notice, ladies and gentlemen, the FTC and state attorneys general, like regulate state attorney generals and the regulatory agencies within the States, 
came in after the fact with the fine two years later. Yep. So what is it's that? All, well, it's, all, it's always a reactive thing, right? Yeah. I mean, what did Equifax do already? I mean, obviously they offered those gimmies. The industry changed. It started changing some of its practices and behaviors. And on top of that, um, like, yeah, like generally speaking, like a lot of the Equifax, uh, you know, C, uh, C-suite folks got, got canned. Mm-hmm. Um, so in essence, the, the market did what it needed to do. Um, part of that $300, of course, they have to set aside of the 575 that they were fined. Um, clue, I guess, again, includes like this credit monitoring service for disaffected customers, which includes more than 40% of the entire U.S. population. Um, the, fund, uh, get, uh, the fund can get boosted by another $125 million if the initial $300 million isn't enough to compensate all the consumers who make claims. So basically, I guess, of this 40% or of anyone who makes claims who are considered affected, i.e. I. if you get you know, um, uh, credit card fraud, I would imagine, or some, or some sort of other type of uh, um, credit history fraud, if you make a claim, um, you know, there's additional funds that are going to be set aside to, yeah, to I believe right it's up, by some up, people. Up to $20,000 per person. But again, you, the burden's on the consumer to prove, okay, you know what? Fraud was committed against me. I had to do, you know, honestly, I think the average person's going to get about $8, maybe. <laughs> right. You know, yeah, it's well. it's one of those things where, okay, yeah, they're being punished. The, the bigger important thing is that there's an awareness, there's a, you know, new standards being pushed, i.e. via Experian and... Yeah, trans- this, is, yeah this, is, this has happened during industry. I think we have, I, uh, I, I think I talked about this in, in one of the past episodes about a talk I went to by a guy um, who was doing this kind of security research at the University of Texas at Austin, and, and how he had used Equifax as a case study is to figure out how the breach happened. And basically, there's probably going to be new best practices for how um, one is to um, structure a, a distributed, basically, at this instance, a distributed cloud infrastructure for security, a security framework for this. Um, and so, yeah, like a lot of good comes from these. And the people will be studying this Aquifax um, breach for a very long time. It'll it'll and be if you want to go get your master's in computer science in 10, 20 years from now, I guarantee you this will be standard course study. I guarantee it. Right. Yeah, definitely. If you're if you're going to get a CISSP or if you're going to be yeah. a, a a hardcore practitioner of, um, you know, cybersecurity, um, you know, because. You know the algorithms in the in the machine learning the AI won't handle it all, um, but it, it it'll definitely uh, it, it's 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 good in the fact that like yeah going forward it, it, we have learned a lot and best practices will be you know implemented. It's bad for the people you know who are going to be affected for the foreseeable future, um, but you know not to kind of th- throw shade on this. The federal government five years ago loss way more sensitive data to foreign state actors in the form of the office of uh, personnel management <laughs> so it's you know yeah. I, 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 I you know a little bit of financial history um, which in peace if gathered if enough, if enough disparate data is gathered can build a good profile of you and can make you a target if you're a target but you know, never underestimate the ability of the government to be like, oh, you had a data breach? Hold my beer. So, I mean, that's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. And so, with that said, now we have to move to yet a, uh, another branch of the government, not the FTC, but the DOJ. And their announcement as of this podcast Yesterday, yeah, because today, yeah, as of yesterday, um, the the Justice Department reviewing the practices of market leading online platforms. The review focuses on practices that create or maintain structural impediments to greater competition and user benefits. 
this is a press release I'm reading from the Justice, the Department of Justice, Office of Public Affairs. So apparently, DOJ is now going to start investigating. Let's just let's, they they don't actually specify who in this particular press release, but we know who it is. It's basically Alphabet, Facebook, and Amazon. Right. Um, and, and yeah, I say, what does it say here? I'm thinking, yes, uh, the department. I'll read exactly from the press release here. The department's review will consider the widespread concerns that consumers, businesses, and entrepreneurs have expressed about search, alphabet, social media, Facebook, and some retail services online. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, man. They're not even trying. They're not even trying. You make it, it, it is so blatant. It's just like, so why don't you just say Alphabet, Facebook, Amazon? Just say it. Oh my God. I, That's oh, hilarious. I, I like, and, and I think, in, you know, they, they, because they want to, they want to, they want to investigate the broader industry, right? But you're, those are three separate industries within tech. And so, they're they're basically investigating big tech. They're and, they're invest yeah exactly. <laughs> and, and, I, and and this this was a long time coming. Let's pour a little out for the wild wild west that was Internet 2.0, um, the social web, the you know the uh, the the mobile web, all the I mean all these things that have like made our lives great and much easier. Um, the, this is going to be dead, right? This is the beginnings, right? It's it's following it's following the the path exactly of regulatory capture. The only thing you have to take out you take out search, social media, and retail services, and consolidate that and say uh, railroads or huh. uh, what was the what was the other one? Um, um, Standard Oil or Oh God! What was oh, it? You're, what was you're, it? you're going back to the you're going back uh, to the dude, day. The, the, yeah, these these because these antitrust case these antitrust cases and the theory around why you bring antitrust suits to somehow encourage market competition because you deem there might be impediments, be it because consumers are being harmed or like the, the uh, another company is being harmed. See, a lot of these things start out as. Either the comp- a a competitor in the industry who can't compete, or you, 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 I mean, I don't know who I, just other ne'er do wells who just who just like hating. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't mean to not be able to articulate it better, but that's what it is. And then, and so they basically run to the referee and they say, hey, hey, this guy's checking me. This guy's checking me. I mean, and, and eventually the referee. Is going to get tired of you bugging him about this, and so the referee's going to be like, "All right, well, you know, let's let's look into it." And that's basically what's happening. And basically, anything that comes out of this will be some sort of settlement, right? Um, in the instance right now, like the FTC right now is in the catbird seat because it's making Facebook pay five billion dollars um, for some other for some other shenanigans, I guess, that Facebook is accused of doing, or at the very least, has been shown to be doing. Uh, I think we had discussed this in past episodes about the reason why I guess that f- this $5 billion fine was levied was because they somehow, and this is, I don't know why tech companies do this, they signed some sort of agreement in the past that says they would do something nebulous about protecting privacy. The Cambridge Analytica thing happens. The Russia pro the Russia investig the Russia investigation happens in the and particularly when it comes to was Facebook a platform that was used to amplify this this uh, fake news caused by Russian information operations, and so those two things and the fact that the political class is bad at them anyway caused the FTC to ultimately say pay up, right? I mean they're they're paying money all over the place. They're paying money in Europe. They're paying money here. I mean, you know, there's part of it's just a shakedown. Um, well, that's 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 the game. I mean, I don't know. I look at, I don't know. 
I, it's it's frustrating, I right? Because it, it's kind of like you see it coming. And ultimately, what will come out of this is more money out of pocket, more investigations and regulation. Well, like the we talked about, we, we, we've talked about before. I mean, you know, this is the price of doing business these days. If you're at that level, if you're at a Facebook level, an Amazon level, at a Google level, this is the price of doing business. You're going to get hit and it's going to be like, okay, you got me. Here's your $5 billion, which it's is true. Because Which they is, made sixteen, they made sixteen point six this quarter. Right, they're they're making face, sixty Facebook, billion face, dollars. Face. They're making sixty billion dollars a year. Okay, you got me for ten percent. Yeah, okay. It's, it's yeah, it, it's kind of <laughs> like it's, it's yeah. You're right. I mean, I think we've yeah, we both come to that conclusion. Like it's just the cost of doing business today. What I feel right. ultimately is that th- this cost of doing business. Is, is this natural um, course of impediment to grow your business. Well, it's um, definitely a course, and, and talk about a barrier to entry, right? If you want to scare anyone into saying, okay, you are not ever going to grow this big because you'll have to deal with this, what better way than to just pay it, right? Yeah, absolutely. and Or at least shape the rules for which these these that are simply arbitrary, in my opinion. But let's why they not are. let's let's they shape are. the rules for which we'll be governed under, so we can at least maintain our sixty billion dollars a year. And right. so, to me, it, it it it's regulatory capture. I mean, it's, to- all you have it's to do- totally regulatory capture. And you know, I, I saw a comment earlier on uh, one of the Liberty Groups. Uh, I think MLG. I may have been the MLGA Liberty Group. Anyway. It was, uh, is it just me or does Facebook want all this regulation? Yeah. Yeah. They absolutely want all this regulation. Have you, have you, have you, it's like, well, of course, most people probably haven't. Murray Rothbard wrote a book about this. It's a very good book. It's a long book. It can, it's actually pretty dry in a lot of areas. It's called The Progressive Era. Um, the railroads wanted what they got. The meat packers, the meat producers wanted this. The meat, pro- all the things, all the trusts that were ultimately busted up. Ultimately, what was tried was big players trying to cartelize the government, allowing them to cartelize, but understanding that ultimately these cart- these cartels break down. And so ultimately, as every time a cartel agreement would break down. One of the one of the members of the cartel, who who didn't break up the cartel, would ultimately go to a government or a regulatory agency and stuff like that. And as time moved on, these industries that we find have very high barriers to entry have all these rules, and you wonder like, why? Where the where the heck? Who the heck enforces that? It came came, from the bosses. I mean, it it, came from the bosses. It came from the players. Of the past, who are long gone, but right. the rule remained, yep. and so and and it's bad going forward. I I don't. We have AI, ML, um, new forms of computing, new form, new form, biotechnology, all this stuff that's coming online, and the, there's just this always this knee jerk reaction to like. Ask, do the innovation and then ask permission from daddy government to be like, can we do this? As opposed to, you know, always worrying preemptively about what could possibly go wrong. And right, because you don't want to deal with the DOJ in 2055 because your AI driven, you know, biological, you know, biotech company in the future is now facing antitrust, right? So what do we, you know, so it's almost like they want to include government in how they build out their businesses. And Look at that, Uber, Uber and Lyft, right? I mean, they did the yeah, same Uber thing. and Lyft are the, are the opposite, right? But eventually you get beaten down by stories of cab drivers killing themselves, 
of Uber drivers sleeping in their cars, of of how mean, you know, uh, uh, Uber's, like, bro culture is and all this other right. crap. And right. then suddenly, and then, oh, okay, well, we got to bring on Ariana Huffington and the and all these leftists on the board so they can keep, you know, keep the boys in line. And basically now they actually now ask for permission before doing things in cities and stuff. Well, now no one they else, do. Now they do. <laughs> And, and, and like now, because what the status wants you to do as you build out your company is include them in the conversation, even though they have no damn business, no, they have no damn business being in the conversation, A, and B, they don't know what the hell you're doing. They come in after the fact, right? And they're going to keep, and they keep doing this. One, as I jokingly say from episode to episode, because when you're in the industry of dealing with people and atoms, people suck. People suck. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Um, I would much rather live in a world governed by algorithms and machine learning and AI because people suck. Um, People suck. Well, you know what? It's a double-edged sword. I mean, that's... People are important, but people do suck. I mean, people do suck. Yeah, I don't want, but I don't want that world, right? I want to empower. I want these technologies to empower people, and like I said, like before, like for all the evil that the tech press tries to paint Alphabet, Google, Amazon, and Facebook, and Twitter, and all these places as, they have enabled it, empowered people. Those those platforms, those companies. I mean, platforms in the true sense, those companies, their capabilities, what they have built has made people's lives tremendously better. And, 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 I, and I think we lose sight of that every time we get worried about things. Like the privacy thing is, is weird when it comes to Facebook because the rank and file person doesn't care. They right. don't care. The Equifax thing or the Office of Personnel Management thing, that's actually a bigger deal than, mm-hmm. you know, what Facebook apparently did, um, you know, I mean, it, it's it's sad, right? Because when these regulations come into place, man, Alphabet through DeepMind, Google AI, uh, uh, Google uh, Google in general, even YouTube to a certain extent, are doing amazing things. Like Facebook AI and Facebook are doing amazing things. They're can these companies are contributing so much open source to. Um, to the community, they're, they're, they're contributing compute. They're doing all this wonderful stuff. And like in the back of their mind, though, it's just like, well, we can't push the envelope too much. We can't get too big because we have to protect our flank. And really a lot of this stuff with the DOJ is these tech companies basically crapping all over their right ideological flank mm. because the left is always going to hate your guts when you get too big. But the well, at the very, very, always, very yeah, least, uh, yeah, yeah, at the very uh, least, that, the right. Well, won't. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyone starved for some sort of, uh, I don't know, uh, the way I see it, and I, I get a little cynical sometimes or a little conspiracy theorist sometimes, but really, they're just looking for the biggest targets because that's going to give them the most publicity, it's going to give them the most visibility. And they're going to go after it as long as it as long as the action roughly aligns with their agenda, with their narrative. They're going to go after it. Yeah. No. This is this has been and this has been a long time coming. I mean, here comes the regulation. They're going to. I mean, we said last week they're going to. You know, um, Section two thirty four of the Communications Decency Act is dead. Is dead. I mean, there's there's, there's vultures circling the, the corpse. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, it's over. Um, and I don't think these people truly understand their, their beginning assaults that started with, uh, really net neutrality in my opinion. Um, or at least the attempt at that. That's what started poking at this. Yep. And I, I, I and then you have, uh, FOSTA and then, and then, and, and you're going to have something worse come down. Um, and then it's being picked away and it's actually being, more pressures being put on the because our companies, there are companies are global. More pressures coming from overseas. Um, we're we're going to have a very segmented internet going forward. But these companies, well, we should have a segmented internet going forward. 
However, these companies are global companies and they believe in economies of scale and keeping keeping things standard. We're dealing with European regulations. We're dealing with, you know, uh, blasphemy laws in the Islamic world. We're dealing with, even though China has its own little internet and stuff, we're dealing with a lot of the residual effects of the great Chinese firewall. And so... you know, this is a broader free speech issue, um, generally speaking, but like it affects us. And so like this belief that like regulation is going to save us and that algorithms are going to get rid of hate and stuff like that. It all comes back to what we discuss all the time, man. It's culture. Um, You know what? You know, what's funny, Thaddeus, is uh, my son, who's 17, came home the other day and he was talking to me about uh, Tiananmen Square and about how in China, if you search for it, it, it doesn't exist, you know, and this is him talking to his friends and developing his own understanding of the world, his own worldview and everything. But this is a very real thing to him at 17 that there are countries out there who suppress this stuff just because they have to 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 Main, for self preservation. Yes, the self preservation of very totalitarian and right. You know, and, and it it takes me back to you know because I grew up in the late seventies, early eighties, where you know the Cold War was a a it was the thing. It was the only thing, right? The Russians and, could nuke us at any moment. Exactly, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, even though that maybe that threat is not the same threat the threat of uh of uh you know confining our free speech or suppressing it or whatever is very real and it's to me i mean it's kind of dark but at the same time to me it's refreshing to know that i've got a 17 year old who's out there going holy crap this is a real thing that's going on in the world today, especially in a country like China who has an insane amount of control and an insane amount of influence in the yeah. world over what is supposed to be basically a neutral platform. Right. A, a true platform in the sense. Correct. Um, and yeah, I, you, the, these, the, this totalitarian march, this thing that we've discussed in the past, if we've discussed episode after episode after episode, is, is, a, is a real thing, right? And it comes under the guise of protecting you. Yes. And I'm, I'm, I'm just here to let you know, if you are sympathetic to that view, uh, it is, it is, let me let you know, it's a fool's errand. It is never going to happen. No, um, you will never. You, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you will, you will, you will never get it. I mean, you'll, you'll end up like a a, a a Uyghur Muslim in Western China in a camp being reeducated, or is, or being harvested for organs, as we have seen in. Uh, I don't know if you saw those news reports this last uh, couple of weeks, but the Uyghur Muslims and the uh, uh, f- uh, the Falun Gong. Oh, yeah, those guys. Yes, those guys. That that is that is absolutely true, and it's funny. No one. Right, these platforms have allowed us to to know that that's happening. I've heard about Uyghur Muslim suppression um, and, and repression in that western in those western provinces of China. I've known about that for a decade. Oh yeah, and, and like it don't they don't. I mean, it's a funny thing about the the Chinese is because they've been so empowered. At least the regime has been so emboldened. Um, empowered by the technologies that we create here in the West and emboldened by the fact that, like, we, we don't like to judge, right? We, 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 we accept that cultural relativism is the way we should, you know, look at the world, even though that's, you know, not to sound like curmudgeon and stuff, that's not true. Um, they've, they've, turned, they've turned the repression up to 11, man. I mean, Absolutely. they went from like, oh, so no one's really paying attention? And oh, the West has this we have this aura right we we project this aura that we hate like 
Muslims and stuff. And so, and, and so if they just curb it under terrorism, then the West won't say anything. And we haven't said anything, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't. We have no, we've said nothing. Only in the right. last couple of years have we started being like, hey, so we were doing some satellite imagery and we noticed that there are these massive prison-like structures that you guys – and that – we're getting reports that like people are just getting snatched up off the street in this province and stuff. And you look and you see it's much worse than we thought. Right. It is dystopian to the point where where it's funny, right? I mean, the nerd, the, the geek part of me is just like, wow, that's an intense data set, man. Imagine if we unleash ML models on that data set that they have. But at the same time, oh, crap, that data set is like people being abducted. Having their pictures taken, their te- their dental records. Well, that uh, and that's where collected. it crosses, you know, the <laughs> cultural <laughs> side. It's like I look at that from a human standpoint, going, "That's terrible. I, that is that is a person, <laughs> that is a human being, and you are essentially, you know, uh, the Falun Gong." And the only reason I even know anything about Falun Gong, and God bless the uh, the free market is uh shen yun <laughs> i don't know if you've seen the billboards where you are but they're all over the place here shen yun it's this Chinese... you have a larger you have a larger asian population <laughs> for obvious it's, reasons than we do <laughs> it's crazy the so shen yun is this chinese art performance of dancers and music and martial arts and whatever but and and there's billboards for it all over the place, right? And I did a little looking at it because I was, honestly, I was kind of sick and tired of seeing them. I'm like, oh my God, this is like, it's driving me nuts. I don't know what this is. I have no clue. Anyways, I look into it and it turns out Shen Yun is a, a blatantly uh, uh, apostolic presentation of this Falun Gong study of spirituality and um, and whatnot. And the reason why they are bringing it here and bringing it so uh, in your face is because of the oppression that they are receiving over in China. Because it's, it's, it's essentially a, uh, a, it's an undermining movement against the the Chinese, you know, communist government, whatever you want to call it, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But no, yeah. I, I no, gained that's... an interest I gained an interest in it and I started doing a little and, and then of course, you know, you have mentioned and talked about the Uyghur Muslims, which clearly I mean forever they've been oppressed and and uh put into camps and whatnot but the Falun Gong same thing in China they are gathered they're put into these camps according to you know like Amnesty International which I take with a little bit of a grain of salt but also with you know yeah yeah sometimes you sometimes because those groups have not done themselves any favors in the past um but there are other third-party groups uh, other NGOs that are um, have less of a kind of a checkered pass um, in a stored history that will give you everything you need to know when it comes to like, you know, the, this religious, all these religious minorities that get like completely screwed over in the Chinese right. regime. And here's the deal. That technology comes mainly from the West. Like the one thing the Chinese are great at, they don't innovate very well, <clears throat> but they're they very good. S- they steal uh, it. <laughs> yeah. They, 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 but they're very good at implementation. And yeah. they, and so, you know, I mean, these companies, these global companies are in, are, are in a slightly unique position, right? Which is why I don't like the fact that we're beating up on them, right? Because of silly things like my privacy. This is like, yeah, or you could just not use the platform. Right. Right. I mean, you know, it, it's kind of the same thing that people like to say to the, the disparate groups, the conservative groups, your neo-Nazi groups or whatever groups, when they say, hey, you're suppressing us on these platforms, quote unquote, well, won't you build your own? This is like, OK, you can't. 
you, you can't. can't I, and I've chronicled that <laughs> last week. Um, and it's like, you can't. And it's just like, well, yeah, you probably could. But, I mean, that's just the same argument that you will give if, like, like, oh, there's been a privacy violation because of, you know, Twitter or whatever, stuff like that. All right, well, you could just choose not to use those platforms if you're worried about that. Like, I read an entire article from the Washington Post about people who are never Googlers, right? I mean, just because it makes your life inconvenient, if you are, if you have the confidence of your convictions, then you'll just go through with it, right? So I don't like the fact that we beat up on these companies for these stupid things when in the rest of the world, like, these, these technologies are being used to do brutal things. And, like, these companies that we have championed, you know, Google at one point did did actually seem to have a backbone when it came to China. Now, I mean, it's it's tried to flirt with, in the last five years, it's desperately tried to flirt with getting into the Chinese market. Yeah. Um, and, and, like, there's, there, there's governments around the world that are not, we should use these companies and their platforms with all their warts, warts and all, to push liberty, right? It's like, hey, our platforms are open, we can do whatever and stuff like that, but no, we're too busy about um, our own rotting culture. I mean, I mean, truth be told, I mean, maybe some countries have, have it right by like keeping out the rotting American culture. You don't want, S- I don't think SJW, it's like this, if we wanna bring the Chinese communist government to their need, I guess we should probably export social justice warrior culture, but I, I don't, you know. You know I, what, I wouldn't, though, wish, I you wouldn't know, wish that on anyone, man. I mean, that's, you, that's just you gotta, me. You got to keep in mind, you know, culture is a weird thing because culture, it, it's more than just traditions and language and things like that. It's also, it, it takes into account local environment, right? Local resources. You know, this is why in the Philippines, you you will eat this egg that has been fertilized on you know from a street vendor the balut which to a westerner like me i'm going to say hell no i That's will gross. starve <laughs> I, and, and i'm not going to eat that right but but culture is it, it's so much more complex than just simply you know a value or a you know what a social right. justice warrior will throw out there so yeah, it's you almost know. like they try to. It's almost like they try to parametize cult- elements of the culture because they want to algorithmically uh, nudge or algorithmically cancel out the portions of society that don't conform to the, or even our past that don't conform to the contemporary view of a social justice leftist. And that's or where someone. Yeah, and that's where yeah. we fail. Well, that's where we fail, and that's where I like. I, I seriously see, and you mentioned it in the past. You know, the the whole attempt to sterilize things, the attempt to make things a formula. We are human beings, and you you will never be able to boil it all down to a formula. You know, but it's yeah. this it's this attempt to do that that i don't know in a lot of ways for me it it creates a lot of internal conflict right because i see the value in in uh homogenizing things and trying to bring things together but at the same time i struggle with it because i'm a human being and i'll hear you know someone say xyz and I've got this gut instinct in me that says that's not right. That doesn't work. And you got, you got governments, you got platforms, you've got people trying to boil this thing down and it doesn't boil down. I don't know. I mean, they want an easy answer. I think a lot of these platforms, a lot of these companies want easy answers, which is why they want regulations because you can code regulations. Like if you have an instruction, you can code it. And and, right. and and that's and that's the way it, it's funny. In the past, it was because of regulatory capture. I think in this instance, it's simply because they need, and all businesses want this anyway. This is another reason why they do it. They need the predictability because they know they have the expertise and the manpower and the brain power, honestly, to 
code this into existence. So then they can make yeah. compliance code based and uh, drive down that cost. And that way they can get on with doing what they want to do. I'm just arguing that some of what they're doing isn't been a net positive in the past couple of years, at least the past couple of years. Right. Um, so, yeah, it is what it I'm is. I'm with man. you. And, and, you know, and like I said, man, this is the beginning. And we'll we'll see this slow train wreck. And every week or every time there's a development in these, if it's a DOJ case or the FTC, or even we'll start looking overseas, too, at these kind of regulatory agencies that are going to be levying fines and creating rules and stuff. This is what it's like to create an incumbent. This is, you're going to end up with basically Facebook being the AT&T of the social web. Yeah. It's just what you're going to deal with. You're going right. to end up with um, uh, Alphabet being, or more importantly, Google, right? Or even YouTube for this matter. Because, I mean, they have so many verticals. Um, the, there will be their respective, I mean, uh, it will be the... ABC, CBS, NBC, YouTube will be the ABC, CBS, NBC of online video. And you, you, because it will be cemented in. And yeah. any, ups, any upstarts won't be able to scale. And, and, and it's funny, these incumbents will be, because they're following the rules, they'll be allowed to notch out any competitor. Um, they may start uh, jacking up, you know, uh, CDN prices for for hosting and delivering this stuff. They'll may drive up cloud computing costs because whatever. Because here's the deal: uh, Microsoft and or Amazon are on the verge of one of the largest cloud government contracts in history with the United States government. And this is how the this is how AT and T ended up with its monopoly. Um, the government wanted something reliable to to uh, a platform that was reliable. Uh, the uh, the phone company said, "We'll give you five nines," and for that, the government turned a blind eye to their very anti-competitive practices. Because, well, we need the phone network. I could see something yeah. like that happening for cloud infrastructure because now, it, with this, if they're locked in, they're locked in. So. Whew. Man, that was so. That was I promise, ladies and gentlemen, that was the last depressing story of the week. <laughs> uh, and that, we 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 we, we kind of we went off on a tangent, but we came back because at the end of the day, all these things matter, man. Like when you bring all that stuff together, we were you were we were all we were both rambling about. Like it's 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 gonna come back to that, right? It's gonna right. come back to like you know these these aren't positive developments in the future of tech and the web. But speaking of future tech and the web and a company that has weathered the storm of antitrust, Microsoft is killing it. First, this week, they reported $37.7 billion in Q4 of 2019 for revenue. Um, that's Azure 64% up, Surface 14%. Dude, when did the Surface, which started out as a joke, but the Surface is like killing it. I will Hardware. tell you right now. I will tell you right now. The practical uh, app, the practical convenience, and the practical application of Surface has almost no match in the market right now. The ability to have the stylus and do whatever you want. My daughter. I, I will tell you this right now. My daughter is working for an interior designer here in uh, South Orange County. Fantastic guy does work on, in fact, one of their projects right now is on Sandra Bullock's uh, house that she just sold um, for I don't know how many million dollars. Anyway, all of her work is done on a Microsoft Surface. Yesterday, I walked out to the back patio and she's out there trying to design how she wants to paint her wall in her bedroom and she's got these crazy designs. It's this hexagonal, like, like uh, honeycomb type structure. And she's deciding on. Anyway, my point being this surface, Microsoft's done something right. She was doing all of her work in PowerPoint, of all things, to design her bedroom wall because it was the easiest software to put everything together, to put her color palettes together, and to make this thing come to life 
They have yeah. done something right. Yeah, I think so. I mean, this is that stuff, creative stuff used to be solely Purely Apple. Apple. Purely. <laughs> it was solely, solely Apple. Yeah, that was it. Only. If Not you didn't anymore. have a Mac, you couldn't be a designer. But now, if you've got a Surface, especially a Surface Pro, you're a player. We use it at work. All the, we use them at work a lot. They're um, fantastic. They're pretty robust. I mean, our corporate IT neuters them, but when they're un- when they're unencumbered from corporate uh, uh, chicanery, um, they're they're incredibly useful. Um, yes. All right, so like LinkedIn was up twenty five percent. I forgot that Microsoft owned LinkedIn. Oh, um, I didn't even know that. It's so funny. I actually logged on to LinkedIn <laughs> LinkedIn for the first time in like six years, like yesterday, <laughs> and once I cleaned out all the spam and got whatever. Um, it's somewhat useful if you're a professional and you want to do professional development and or really interface with people and stuff. It's 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 kind of like a professional Facebook. Um, there's no political BS on there. It's just strictly bit. I kind of enjoyed the experience, um, particularly when you you know you follow certain industries like I do, information technology. AI, machine learning, um, you know, um, uh, some other engineering things. Um, it's kind of useful. A um, little spammy, yeah. though, but it's actually kind of useful. Um, but it's up 25%. Uh, Microsoft today reported earnings uh, for the fourth fiscal, fourth fiscal quarter of 2019. Uh, it's including revenues, again, of $33.7 billion, net income of $13.2. That being that equates to about one point a buck 71 a share um and it's just killing it year over year growth another thing that they did uh this week um microsoft invested one billion dollars in open ai and if you're not familiar with open ai think of open ai so if you've heard of deep mind which was the uh, British kind of artificial intelligence kind of company that Google bought four or five years ago. Um, they do a lot of research. I follow a lot of um, computing and uh, quantum computing, machine learning, and AI um, out there. Um, and a lot of papers um, via um, Archive, um, ArchiveX uh, gets posted. I mean, in t- almost, ha- almost half of them are either authored out of OpenAI and DeepMind or are co-authored by, by people from OpenAI and DeepMind. And um, OpenAI was kind of founded by Elon Musk and a couple of other people to do responsible, I guess, AI uh, development. Um, they're the uh, organization that came up with the, um, I forgot what they called the algorithm or, or, or the, the framework for like, but this thing could write very, convincing fiction <laughs> it huh. was all ai based it would just write it it was so convincing that open this ai is, decided this is this is that million monkeys on a typewriter thing again right yeah 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 except like because you can make those million imagine allowing those million monkeys to write a million times and then them learn each time through each epoch or iteration how to write something better. And <laughs> yeah, essentially they've done this. Right. Um, but um, basically what what's happened is Microsoft is basically going to be their exclusive cloud provider. Um, there's going to allow them to uh, use a lot, I mean, $100 million of Azure compute. And they're going to work together to develop an Azure AI supercomputing system in AI they want they want with this partnership to push exclusively for uh, to move us basically toward AGI which is basically artificial general intelligence um, and so yeah they're just they're going to uh, basically try to with this money from Microsoft and this partnership from Microsoft it gives them access to the the huge Azure cloud um, it's a it's it's a one up from Amazon, and it's a definitely a one up from um, from using Google's cloud. 
and IBM's cloud and everyone else's cloud. So, I mean, they're, and, and like I said, this is a very innovative organization. Um, they have very lofty goals. I think they're naive goals, but some of the smartest, uh, some of the podcasts I've been listening to, some of the papers I've been reading and brushing past, some of the smartest SOBs work for OpenAI. And the, comp- the combined like Microsoft's research teams, which are brilliant, Microsoft research teams are almost as brilliant as Google's research teams and almost as brilliant as Facebook's research teams. Um, that's one thing I like, you know, talk, going back to these companies that, you know, the DOJ wants to, you know, shut down or do whatever with. Some of the brightest minds in the world work at these companies. And these guys oh, yeah. solve hardcore problems. And the more money these guys have via their regular biz- vertical business verticals to invest in R&D, like the good old days of Bell Labs are back when it comes to Amazon, IBM, Facebook, Google, um, Uber, um, OpenAI, uh, you know, I mean, all these guys have, I mean, amazing, amazing uh, R&D wings uh, that do like pure computer science, pure science, and, you know, and we're, and we're going to force, what could a Facebook, what, what, how much could Facebook have done and invested either back into the company into or to their R&D efforts? Instead of paying that five billion dollars to the FTC, who I'm sorry, who on the other end of the FTC of that FTC uh, uh, fine, who who gets money on the other side of that? Is that money going to be distributed? I don't understand. Somebody needs to explain that to me. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's pretty much just general funds, whatever. It's yeah, so smoke, it's, it's the smoke and mirrors. Okay, so uh, it doesn't go to anyone, right? It no. just gets wasted. Of course it <laughs> right? does. It goes to oh. some. I don't know. Some fund that does whatever. I don't know. Nobody knows. Yeah, no one knows, right? But like, that's money you can invest in research and development, right? And yeah, that. Anyway. But there, but that's <laughs> that's government for you, right? They're going to take the money. They're going to say, "Okay, we got it." Okay. <laughs> and then <laughs> what? It's a like, black hole. A There's like, nothing no. there. Sorry, are you going to redistribute it to the people who were hurt as a result of this suit? No, that you're not going to do them? anything with oh, it. Gonna, yeah. Oh my god! Oh man, I just okay. We're in the happy spot now. Let's 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 get out of there. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, I didn't mean to veer. <laughs> we're back in a happy place. Okay. And more news of Microsoft killing it. Uh, Microsoft open sources in, uh, interpreted ML uh, for explaining black box AI. So I guess they have uh, done some, op- they've open sourced kind of this toolkit um, for solving kind of the problem with AI black boxes. So when you think, think of these kind of AI networks, particularly the deep neural networks and stuff, um, there's the deeper the neural network, the less obvious it is how that neural network came back to its decision uh this interpret ml um will help developers experiment with ways to introduce explanations of the output this is going to become increasingly important as you start kind of putting these these ai you know machine learning algorithms in the real world where they actually have real world consequences um and you're going to need to audit how that AI came to the decision that it came yeah, to. Yeah, that's 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 where it gets really dirty, right? Is yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the people problem, right? But I mean, exactly. Because because people want, particularly if you know, like you go to the doctor and like the AI says, "Yeah, man, you got testicular testicular cancer," right? It's like, right. I mean, well, can I get a second opinion? Well, how did this can? How did you come to this conclusion? Well, the AI said. Like, well, how did the AI and come that, to that conclusion? And that whole thing is the, to me, that's the kind of I don't know if it's a hypocritic thing or, uh, I mean, a hypocritical thing or if it's just human beings trying to over sterilize things. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. We try to over-explain things. We try to over-understand things sometimes to the point where it's crippling almost. Yes, and this is true. I, like a lot of a lot of of the science, like for instance, a lot of the sciences, a lot of the a lot of the career paths, a lot of the industries that you know you want to get people into. The highest barrier to entry isn't the 
the person's un- inability to grasp information. It's the, the really kind of weird and unnecessary information that kind of clouds it and stuff, the explanation, right? Um, right. It's kind of why object-oriented programming was such a big phenomenon and stuff because I don't really care how from an opcode and machine code level what it's doing. I just need this abstract. I need this abstraction. I need right? it to yeah. just do what it's do supposed, to, supposed do. to do. Right. Um, now granted it's gotten convoluted. Again, it's another thing that it's gotten convoluted and overcomplicated and stuff like that. Human beings do have a tendency, particularly in industries and stuff. Like I even noticed this with AI and ML, right? Where like when I first started reading about it and stuff about a year ago, none of it made sense. There's all this, these uh, acronyms. Acronyms are really um, the devil's, uh, they're the devil. They're absolutely I the devil. I hate acronyms. My, acronyms. my sister's in the and military. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. She's she's in the military, and you being a milit- ex-military, I don't know if you say it ex-military, but you understand what I'm talking about. All yeah. she talks about is acronyms. Jar- acronyms, acronyms and jargon. Like, yeah. Will you just shut up and speak English? Because it's driving me crazy. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, dude. It is. Oh, God, it is so... Uh... It's 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 funny, right? Because a lot of those barriers to entry are, are, are just tribal knowledge that seem to be buried within these priesthoods of whatever. And 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 like I said, any tool that helps with transparency, I understand. Though, yes, we do have a nasty tendency to want more detail than we require. In this instance, though, from a a pure kind of computer science point of view and a research point of view. A lot, a lot of times you want to better understand uh, what your model is doing. And so this this is actually pretty cool. There's um, a and balancing it just kind of sh- act. I mean, yeah. it, you, it, you, you have to accept some level of uh, dirtiness in order to really leverage the value, I think, of something like AI. You, you, you can't try to re-sterilize it. Yeah, uh, and yeah, that's and, and just hopefully, my take. And, I mean, and hopefully, I mean, I, I, I understand that, and I mean, and hopefully, this isn't, uh, this doesn't go down the road to um, undermining ultimately what AI is. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's just math. Well, and, and so, and, it, and that's the danger. I mean, as soon as you start bringing in any oversight, right, government or even business oversight. They're going to want to minimize the risk by saying, okay, I need to know every single thing that went into this. And part of the thing with AI is the acceptance that we don't know what all goes into it, right? Yeah. So there has to be this tolerance there that I don't think exists at some of the higher levels because they don't understand why it's necessary. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's what, that's what I think. I think this kind of, now that I'm kind of listening to what you're saying, it, it, in a way, it's kind of a, a computer science, a computer scientist kind of, I don't know if it's a, it, it or, it's it a conundrum, it's a conundrum, yeah, right? It, it's, it's kind of like they want to know how everything works from a, re, in a research point of view, but right. this is what, this is why computer scientists and with that do computational biology and stuff like that and these computational sciences that deal with the real world they they can't stand the sloppiness of how it is yeah they 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 don't like it they don't like it at all right and i and i i get to a certain extent that yet we may need to accept a certain amount of certain error bar from the ai and ml as just because because these things are evolving Right. They, I mean, the, the, they, they do very probabilistic things, right? It's just like, it's like, wow, I didn't know it was going to do that. And, and the, and the, um, and the, and the knee jerk reaction is to be like, well, why did it do that? As opposed to maybe accepting the fact that like, maybe it's called <laughs> maybe machine it, learning. It's called, it's, it's, maybe, called it's, it's machine learning for a reason. <laughs> maybe it just did it just because maybe it just felt like it, you know, it, it, it takes me back, you know, we talk a lot, you know, being a 
Tech Podcast. It's amazing how much we talk about culture and humanity. And, you know, culture and humanity is, it's always been dirty. It's always been unpredictable. Well, I won't say unpredictable, but definitely there there's a lot of, um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, ah, I can't remember. Uh, I'm killing myself with the word entropy, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I think I think that's I think that's right. So, you know, if we're if we're really trying to advance AI and we're really trying to advance our computing to a point where it's really useful at a human level, we have to accept a level of of that entropy, a, a level of unpredictability and a level of unexplainability right yeah it's like we 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 want the tooth we need to maybe accept a a two or three sigma as opposed to demanding five or six sigma there you go Um, and and that's it's kind of yeah it's kind of weird like how that uh how we've actually the big breakthrough with machine learning was actually kind of allowing a little bit of that probabilistic nature of, yeah. uh, of, of, of learning, right? Like, it's funny how, like, machine learning works by repetition and backpropagation and stuff like that. It's funny how they're like, yeah, that's how we train our models to, you know, 97% or 96% or something like that. But, like, they don't tend to apply that, and this is me getting off on a tangent, to like how we educate children and yeah. why and, or why maybe we need to embrace what the ML, maybe embrace the methods we're using to train the ML to our children because oh, we never mean, really, we, we, ne- you, we never, we. Are you suggesting that standard testing and things like that are not doing a good job for our kids? <laughs> <laughs> they're they're not we yeah we we teach for mastery of a test we never teach to mastery of a subject i um, 100% salman khan came up uh, explained this in a ted talk that i saw him on when i back in the day when i'm trying to slug through math and looking at khan academy videos and he brought up this beautiful analogy where it's just like if you were building a house and you said, okay, I need you to lay out the foundation. And the foundation is, all right, uh, 80% decent. Okay, we can move on to now starting to build, like, the frame. And then, like, they build the first floor. And it's like, uh, it's about a, it's, it's about 76%, 75%, still passing. So, yeah, now we can build the second story. You, There's no way in hell you would allow that. Well, you know, uh, yeah. You, you, <laughs> but, then, but then again... Uh, then again, you're, I mean, to me, that's comparing apples to oranges, right? Because you're talking about a physical product versus a, an intellectual or an abstract product that can morph over time within the context of where it's at, right? So, But in most subjects, you have, you have to have... There's certain things you have to have an absolute mastery of because they build on other things. It's more oh, it's more an analogy. It's more an analogy as like as you build on it, what you do ultimately have is you have a shaky foundation when you get to the higher level abstractions that we're talking about because it's like the because the foundation is, is screwed up. Right? Well, you and, never and, learn to mastery the certain things that you need to master. If you, if you look at something like music, if you're one percent off in music everybody is going to hear it even if they're not trained in hearing it right so absolutely you know there are those things that have to be sterilized but there are other things that i think don't necessarily have to be sterilized oh yeah and and that's just, I'm, I'm saying i mean but i just found it kind of odd right that we we expect a high degree of confidence in these ml models that we're modeling after the after really the human brain, but yet actual human brains, we, you know, we, we, we don't want, we wonder why we get a terrible result out of the human brains that exist 
when like well why don't we just hold that human brain to the same standard as we hold an ml model where it's just like ah, all right you got 86 percent that's not good enough you 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 truly haven't mastered this yet because if we're going to move on to the next workflow and uh, next workflow of the data flow that we're giving you we need to make sure that you're accurate up to a certain percentage well, so we can yeah. move on to the next workflow and yeah. I, and it's it's you know it's not it's not a apt analogy is not even that all that accurate i mean it's just saying that's just it just makes you think that like we it's almost like we treat these machines you, you know we, we expect so much for more from these machines and stuff like that that we've modeled after human brains but like we don't tend to think that maybe we could maybe look back on our motivation for developing these these models with the architecture of the human brain and being like well maybe that's why like you know education isn't doesn't give us the results we want Right. Yeah. It's also too. You have to tailor it. You get. You really do have to tailor it to the student. Um, that's what I oh, hope these yeah, technologies yeah. enable. I, I I hope these technologies enable these things because it is very very important. But uh, I, yeah. Again, we got off on another tangent, and that's crazy. Yeah, that's actually good because I really didn't have anywhere else to go after um, all this. Uh, you know, backslapping of Microsoft for being not a crappy company, and um, basically as kind of a showing that like hey these companies are doing incredible things that are they going are. to change the future um i used to think that like uh the, f the future was was b big data and the web now i'm thinking like yeah those are just pieces and workflows into ai if ai and agi and even advanced ml becomes a true that is that is the that changes the world because it enables so many other industries and um, that we couldn't even think of material science, quantum computing, proteomics, all these things. I'm mean, even growing, even gr indoor, indoor farming. Um, it, it just all we have to do is just keep keep creating the technologies that create the data, create the infrastructure, create the workflows. Um, I mean, 5G will connect all the Internet of Things, and that'll all produce data. That data can then be fed into models. These models can then make us iteratively better at whatever we put it against. And I, I you know, these companies are doing great things, but they have to deal with BS from the from the state. So, boo. And that will probably wrap it up for us. Gary, you got any parting shots, parting thoughts? Maybe I don't know, repping your Twitter handle, possibly. I still know. No. You, uh, you have not updated your avatar. Have I, you? I, I've, been, I've been busy. I've been uh, <laughs> a little preoccupied. All right. Well, I'm just going to shamelessly plug Nick Way, at Nick Way on Twitter. That's N-I-C-K-W-A-Y-E. Also, if you follow me on Twitter, I am also going to put in the show notes my Twitter list for following um, quantum computing and AI and tech news. Um, this is where I get some most of my stories. It's where I, I geek out on this technology because I just learned in the last couple months that AI, AI, AGI is going to enable all the things we've discussed and talked about when it comes to 5G, when it comes to Microsoft doing great things, cloud computing, Internet of Things. So, you know, I'll throw that in the show notes this week so you can you know, follow that up. But definitely follow me at Nick Way. And what is your handle again, Gary? At Guthrie Gary. And until I figure out a different one. I, okay, here's my promise. Within the next week, I'll figure out something that I don't have to spell out to everybody. How's that sound? Eh, take your time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for us. Thank you for logging in to thank you for your servers. We're logging out until next week. Later. Talk to you later. Bye.